0: And welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. Give me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. We'll leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this week and get in on the conversation. Conversation. Spotify green room. Changing the way we chat sports. Uh, Lots to talk about today. We're going to get to some updates on where the negotiations are sitting with Zach Hyman and Freddie Anderson. We're two weeks out from free agency. Two weeks. It's really coming up quickly. So we'll get some updates on that. We've got some other free agent and trade rumors, some guys who might be coming in to replace those names that are being bandied about within the media and and within the fan base. Uh, So we'll chat about a couple of names that are being brought up there. And one piece of news that I didn't really get to yesterday, and that's what I want to start with today. Um, NBC and TSM personality. Pierre Maguire was hired by the Ottawa Senators to be their VP of player personnel. And there's a thought out there that he could be auditioning for the GM job there as Deer uh, Dorian enters into his final year of his contract. I like what Dorian's done personally. I think that they've built up a team. I think we saw last year uh, what you know those young guys could do. You know That young nucleus of Kachuk. Batherson, Stutzla, Shabbat, if they can get the goaltending situated. Uh, I, I think that they'll be a, a decent team going forward, and and you know, kind of reignite that battle of Ontario that we've longed for for the last two decades. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that that is kind of what's going on here. Maybe Melnick wants to bring in Pierre Maguire instead of Pierre Dorian. Maybe they're just you know, bumping heads too much. I, I don't know what's going on, but hey, it's the Sens. They don't make many smart moves there. <laughs> they don't make a lot of sense either, but whatever. But I'm not here to rip on Pierre uh, or, or the Sens, but um, Pierre Maguire is known to have this belief system in his seven-player model, and that's to decipher whether or not your team is a contender or or a pretender, contender or not. So uh, what I thought would be fun is you know to kind of play along and let's see if the least check off all the boxes for Pierre Maguire's seven-player model to see if going forward into next season, you know, if they check off the boxes or if not, what do they need to do this offseason to try and get there? Uh, so First and foremost, let's start off with what exactly the seven-player model is. So he believes that there needs to be at least seven of these types of players on your roster in order to be Stanley Cup contenders. So you need to have um, an all-star number one center, an all-star number two center, an elite power forward, a top six specialist. So whether that's you know a, a, a power play guy, a shutdown specialist, a skills guy, you know someone in your top six that kind of adds to those centermen and and also that power forward that adds to that offense um, and and is just another dynamic player. Uh, An elite puck-moving offensive defenseman, an elite shutdown defenseman, and an elite goaltender. So those seven players are the types, the style of players that Pierre McGuire believes a team needs to win a championship. So, Let's go ahead and let's take a look at what the Maple Leafs have and if they check the boxes, and if not, what do they need to do? So let's start up at the top. Do they have an all-star number 1 center? ABSA, freaking Lutely. Austin Matthews, a top-five player in the league, possibly top-three player in the league, the best goal scorer in the NHL. Um, Austin Matthews certainly checks off that box as an all-star number 1 center. It's, it's open-shut. Do they have an all-star number 2 center? Once again, Yes, John Tavares, the team's captain. He is definitely a an all star number two center. I mean, outside of what maybe Malkin, this is the best number two center. I mean, technically um, on the in the NHL, maybe like I think you could easily make that argument. It, it, I guess Drysaitel, if you want to count Drysaitel and McDavid as, as two centermen, but they often Dreisaitl will play the wing, so that's you know kind of a fifty fifty conversation. But regardless. He has a all-star number two center for sure. Uh, do they have an elite power forward? Not really. So this is something that they are missing—an elite power forward. And look, a lot of the old-school people are are keep clamoring that the Leafs are missing that sandpaper in the top six, that they have just too many skill guys, um, and they need somebody like this—somebody you know, like a Miko Rantanen type player, or you know. So I. I Maybe like a Hyman, but a little bit better. Um, like Hyman, you could argue is maybe a power forward ish. He's more of a two way guy than a power forward because uh, he's a little bit too small, I think, to like really be a power type player. Plus, he's a, he's a he's a pending UFA anyways. So I, I, that is one thing that I think they are missing is an elite power forward. Do they have a top six specialist? Absolutely. They have two. I think Nylander and Marner fit into that as as you know uh, uh, a dynamic player or a power play guy or a skills guy. Nylander and Marner are both you know, top six specialists. They're top line specialists at that, but they fit the bill here uh, when we're looking at Pierre Maguire's model. They have an elite puck-moving offensive defenseman. Yes, they do in Morgan Riley. Uh, Obviously, had seventy-two points a couple of years back, twenty goals. Um, You know, it's tough because you look at what he did last year, and, and usually, when you think of an offensive defenseman, they're they're like the quarterback of the team's power play. And he hasn't really been that, which makes it a little bit confusing. But you know, like he he can move the puck out of the zone and, and get the kind of flip the ice going from the defensive zone, break out into the offensive end. And Morgan Riley's really good at that. He's really good at jumping up into the rush too, um, which which I think is makes him elite uh, puck moving offensive defenseman. So I, we'll put Morgan Riley in there certainly. They have an elite shutdown defenseman. If you want to consider Muzzin elites, then yes, they do. Um, which I'm going to for this exercise. I I think that Buzzin certainly deserves to be in that conversation. So we're going to say they do check off that box with an elite shutdown D-man in Jake Muzzin. So they have an elite goaltender. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Jack Campbell in a vacuum. Small sample size of, of the 23 games plus the seven playoff games he played this season, so the total 30 games. Yeah, he gave you elite goaltending. But can he do that on a regular basis as a number one year-to-year remains to be seen. So, you know, there's someone who is there right now in Jack Campbell who might be able to be that in a small sample size. He show us he can do that. He can be that elite goalie, especially in the playoffs where he was fantastic. But can he do that year-by-year with 50-plus starts? We're not sure yet. Haven't seen it. But if he can, then we check off that box. So really, the only one that we don't have is a power forward. That would be the only real one that we don't have. Because, I mean, I I guess, like I said, goalie is a 50-50 thing. Campbell could turn into that. He can be an elite goaltender. We saw him. If that's him, what he did this season, if he can replicate that going forward... That's a check mark. So let's just assume that they can do that and he can do that. It's just a power forward. It's really all this team is missing. Now can they find that through free agency? Could they find that through a trade? Perhaps there's a couple names that I'll talk about a little bit later who might be able to play a little bit of a, a, a power forward-esque role that people are discussing as potential Hyman replacements that can fill that power forward role that Pierre Maguire talks about. Not quite elite, I guess, these guys. Uh, what Actually, I, I would say one of them is, is rather elite. Um, so I thought that'd be a fun little exercise, just kind of take a look and see how the Leafs stack up with Pierre Maguire's seven-player model. And they stack up pretty good. Pretty good. Basically, a power forward away. And as long as Jack Campbell gives us the same level of he did a year ago, pretty close. Which makes sense because the Leafs are are really close to to being a Cup contender. I think they are Cup contenders. They just need to catch some breaks, and they need these All Star players, the Matthews, the Tavares, the Marners, to get going once the playoffs hit. <laughs> That's they need to act like the All Stars, not just during the eighty two game regular season, but once the playoffs gets here as well. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back. Uh, I'll chat a little bit about uh, and give some free agent updates on Bogosian, Anderson, and Zach Hyman, and then talk a little bit about some some free agent and trade candidates that are being bandied about within Leafs Nation as well. We'll do all of that next we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time and about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting locker rooms on Locked On Leafs at least once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Green Room. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. about the Leafs, about the NHL, sports, whatever you want. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Leafs podcast through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Friday at 7.30. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on ...on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Mike underscore DeStefano to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Leafs. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time only? Right now, they've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, Flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net Carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like, and get it now. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked fifteen. You'll get fifteen percent off your first order. Use promo code Locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On These podcast, Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. And just a reminder. Giving you podcasts each and every day for the month of July. And then we're moving to three shows a week in the offseason for August and September before we ramp it right back up. Once we get games coming back in October, we'll go right back to five days a week. But still for the next little bit, as we've got the expansion draft, we've got the NHL draft, then free agency. Over the next two weeks, uh, we still got you daily shows where we'll talk about everything lease. Related. So let's see. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what's going on with these uh, these pending UFAs for Toronto and the latest that we're hearing. Um, and the three main ones is the ones that I really want to talk about. I I, I think there's been it's been radio silence about a Nick Foligno. Um So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's not a thing. That he's not going to come back. So Felino going to go ahead and 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 be comfortable in saying that he will not be a Maple Leaf. But let's get to the three UFAs uh, who there's still discussions with that could come back. And let's start with Zach Bogosian. Um, you know, no word yet on whether or not he wants to come back. There was that report by Darren Dreger a couple of months ago now saying that he may not have been so happy with his role here in Toronto, which is interesting. Um and that could be the reason why he hasn't signed back yet, thinking that he could do better elsewhere if he tested the market, you know, make more than the $1 million he made here last year, probably something that they're hoping that he would take a discount again. But I don't know if they should, uh, if he should take that discount. Like, he's deserving of more. He, he is. He's not a $1 million player. He's worth more. And he's only, what, 30, 31 years old? I think he's still got a couple of years left. He's already got a ring, so it's not like he's chasing a ring at this point. willing to take, uh, you know, bottom dollar just to get that that ring and get his name on the cup. It's already there. Won it with Tampa two years ago. So now he's got to worry about his family. He's got to worry about the dollars. And if he feels like he's not going going to get what he deserves here in Toronto, which to be honest, at least probably can't afford what he wants, he's probably going to be on his way out. And I think the Dermott signing is an indicator that he's going to want to test the market as well. Because, again, a big reason why Dermott had to sign now was because they had to get somebody signed before the uh, the expansion deadline in order to have someone exposed so they can keep a guy like uh, Justin Hole, which is something I expect for them to do. So I, uh, there's a couple of things here of why I, I just don't see Zach Pagosian returning to Toronto, um, you know, just reading between the lines and reading the tea leaves, that's really what it seems, which is unfortunate. Which means the Leafs are going to have to replace that, you know, veteran, gritty um, penalty kill specialist uh, right shot. Now that only leaves Justin Hall as the lone right shot defenseman on this roster uh, going into the off season. So the Leafs, if they do not sign and bring back Zach Bogosian, which I don't expect, are going to have to try and replace him in some way. Moving on to Zach Hyman. Um, So, (sighs) Pierre McGuire today tweeted this out, but he said, Subject to change, of course, but all signs pointing to pending UFA Zach Hyman heading to market July 28th. Sizable gap in positions with the Leafs at the moment, which was the expectation given his market value and the Leafs cap situation. So, we talked about this a lot, right? The only way that the Leafs were probably going to have to to bring Zach Hyman back was if he took a discount and it doesn't seem like he's willing to, he at least wants to hear what everyone else is willing to pay him and test the market. And if someone's willing to go five and a half, six million $6 million and the Leafs aren't willing to go past that $5 million threshold, I think he's got to do it because on like a six, seven year deal, that's six, $7 million. That's, that's, that's a lot of money, right? He's got to think about him. He's got to think about his family. So the two sides, uh, not close to an extension. Um, not going to be taking discount. Like, why should he, right? No one else did. Marner didn't. Nylander didn't. Tavares did it. Well, technically Tavares, I guess, left some money on the table. But I don't think he was worth anything more than the $11 million he was given. That was a very generous, generous offer. Matthews didn't leave any money on the table. So why should Hyman? Coming off a career year. I believe he had what, 44 points or, or uh, 30, 32 points, I think, in like the 44 games on pace for, for another 20 goal season. Played in all facets of the game, special teams, great at five on five. Really helps, you know, stir the drink a lot of times, got lines going, whether it was the second line struggling, the third line struggling. You know what they did to fix it was oh, let's just put Zach Hyman out there. They'll get it. He'll get it going, and he did. So he's a, he's going to be a really really um, highly sought after free agent, and and I don't blame him for wanting to at least see what else is out there and see what he can get on the open market. What does kind of cloud things is the fact that it looks like Gabe Landeskog is also going to hit the market which means that Zach Hyman is no longer you know, the big fish. So will that impact things? Maybe. Maybe it could. Maybe now everyone's going to try and throw their money at Landeskog, and Hyman's going to have to take the B deal, which, again, could also maybe even be a benefit because we've seen that before where it's like, okay, we didn't get this guy, but we'll give this exact same contract to this guy or a similar contract to this guy, even though maybe he wasn't worth that. So maybe it'll work out into Hyman's favor. But it's looking like he is going to test the market. Uh, Freddie Anderson, basically the same story. (laughs) Pierre Lebrun tweeting this out uh, today as well. There's been talks between Leafs and Frederick Anderson's camp, but no contract offer, I'm told. Would it make sense to try and sign him before the expansion draft anyway? But all things being equal, probably more likely Anderson sees what's out there July 28th while keeping the Toronto door open. So, uh, Pierce right where it actually doesn't make sense to sign Freddie Anderson right now ahead of the expansion draft because then, well, you'd have to expose him or Campbell, which you're obviously not going to do. So there's no point in signing him and then having to like give him a, a signing bonus and you know have all these conversations only for Seattle to pluck him off of uh, off of the wire when they expose him for the expansion draft. So I guess if we do see an Anderson contract agreement, it probably won't come until after the expansion draft, but I just don't expect to see it at all, to be honest with you. Um I think Anderson will has proven enough that he is an NHL goalie, a number one NHL goalie. It's just it's soured here. And but there are, are probably other teams out there that would love to add a Freddie Anderson to the group and, you know, make them make him their number one. Like, he's somebody who can go out there and play 55 to 60 games a year and feel comfortable doing it. Maybe just a change of scenery is all he needs, too, to to get his mind right to be able to do what he's been able to do over the course of the last few seasons, this season aside. I just don't see him coming back. I think he's just going to cost too much. I mean, if he wants to come back on, like, a $3 million contract, sure, but I think there's there's definitely teams out there that are going to be willing to pay him four or five million at at the very least four million. I mean, what was it? Cam Talbot got like three and a half last year for two years. I think Anderson's better than Talbot, or certainly has a better track record than Talbot did at that point. So if the, you know Talbot can can fetch a, a, a multi year deal at at three and a half, you got to think that Anderson could get that if not more on the open market as well. So, of the three big time free agents, I guess four if you want to include Nick Foligno, I would say that the Leafs are done done bringing back their guys. They brought back Spezza, they brought back uh Simmons. They brought back Dermott, you know, as far as the big boys go, I think they're done which means Anderson, Hyman, and Bogosian probably walking them to free agency. There's also some discussions about maybe trading the rights to either Hyman or Anderson. Anderson I don't think makes sense, but maybe Zach Hyman, if there's a, a team that wants to bring him into the fold and try and get uh, early access to him, early access to negotiate with him, that might make sense for like a mid-round pick or something, or or a, 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 you know a B-level prospect. Maybe even like a mid low prospect, like B minus, I would say. There's been that that's been talked about. Lots of rumors coming out though. We'll take one more quick break when we come back. We we'll chat about a couple other rumors and a couple other guys who are being talked about as potential Zach Hyman replacements. So we'll do that when we come back here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today use a promo code locked on and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's promo code locked on for 50 percent off your first deposit at betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Uh, so Zach Hyman, as I alluded to in the previous segment, looking like he's most likely going to test the market and probably going to get more money elsewhere, which means there'll be a hole in this lineup. Like Zach Hyman did a lot. Played up and down the lineup, very versatile. Went and dug for puck in the, pucks in the corners. You know, he's very agitative type player. Played a good brand of hockey, was a penalty killer, could play in the power play. Did a lot for this team, so it's going to be tough to replace him. But here's a couple of names. One's a free agent, one is a trade candidate that has been discussed as of late as potential uh, replacements or potential fits with the Maple Leafs if they don't re-sign Zach Hyman. So basically, if they don't allot the money to Hyman, these are two other guys that may end up being... Options for them. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Taylor Hall, uh, who the least reportedly have interest in Hall, um, and will be reaching out to his agent on July 28th, figuring out what he may want. But honestly, I just don't see it. I don't like I, it's being reported by, you know, I think Friedman said something about it. LeBron has said something about it, and, and so has Darren Dreger. So I'm sure, you know, they're not all wrong. Like I'm sure the intel that they're getting is that they are interested in Taylor Hall, and there was obviously that discussion at the trade deadline that Taylor Hall was on their radar, and they were thinking about it, but opted to go with the more versatile player, um, more two-way type of guy in in Nick Foligno. Didn't go as well as we had hoped, but that was their decision. So now they're trying to to circle back and rectify that mistake, maybe, and get Taylor Hall and, and see what Taylor Hall would look like with uh with Toronto. The question is like well, why? Why Taylor Hall? And and how? How Taylor Hall? Where's the money going to come from? Like I know they had a bad year last season in in Buffalo, but then once he got to Boston, like he took off. He was great when when the trade happened and you know, he got on a line with Krejci and um uh, I think it was Craig Smith he was playing with. I think that was the line, Hall, Craig, and Smith. Regardless, they were fantastic. You know, when he got to Boston, like, he, he was... They were one of the hottest, uh, hottest lines in the league the last month of the season. Played well in the playoffs, too. So, I'm not sure he's going to come at a discount, like some people think. Like, oh, I only scored two goals after signing a one-year, $8 million deal with with Buffalo. Yeah, I mean he'll probably sign something similar in terms of AAV, maybe a tad under like seven million, maybe. But like how are the Leafs gonna fit seven million into their cap structure? Then we got nine. Only got nine and still have what, four or five spots, contract spots to, to sign? I don't see it. Unless there's another move coming that that we don't know about. Unless you know it's a a, a big play, where it's like okay, trade it or bring in Taylor Hall and then trade out Morgan Riley and you know or trade out Nylander and, and do this and that. But in terms of bringing in Taylor Hall and adding him to the already existing core, I don't see how they could make that happen. I really don't. So I, I find it interesting that there's the conversation about bringing in Taylor Hall because I just don't I don't I don't see it. I don't. The other name that has been brought up recently by Elliot Friedman is Tyler Bertuzzi of the Detroit Red Wings. And this one is a little more interesting. Uh, so Friedman was on The Fan 590 in Toronto. And he says he wonders if if the Leafs will circle back to Detroit and make a deal uh, after having talked to the deadline for him. Because if you recall, they were, you know Bertuzzi was one of those names also that was that was bandied about when they're deciding. Okay, do we go get Taylor Hall? Do we get Nick Foligno? Do we get? Uh, Tyler bertuzzi you know Alex I follow like who do we go after uh, Miles Wood was a name that was that was talked about a lot too but Tyler bertuzzi I guess was somebody who the Leafs had inquired about with Steve Steve Eiserman but if you recall bertuzzi had a back injury last year and there was no indication of whether or not he was going to be healthy and ready to go for the playoffs so they decided to move on from that Um and now Friedman is is wondering aloud, I suppose. And, you know, when these insiders say, I wonder, usually that means that they know something's up and that there is interest. <laughs> um, I wonder and I think and it sounds like is all but means it's, it's all but official, right? <laughs> like, I remember I was on, uh, I was producing Game Day the other day on TSN 1050. We had Gareth Wheeler on. And it was when both, uh, Dreger and Friedman tweeted out, "Oh, it sounds like a Duncan Keith to Edmonton deal had has picked up over the course of the next uh, of the weekend. Looks like a deal should be coming uh, coming in the coming days." And I, I said to said to Wheeler, my co host, I said, "This thing's going to be done within the hour. We'll we'll get a a notification, a, a tweet saying deal done." Forty minutes later. Deal done, pending trade call, Keith to Edmonton. So, just, you know, a little side tangent about when they say, I wonder, it usually means, yeah, this is a thing that has legs. And I have some questions about Tyler Bertuzzi, though. Because he's he's coming off a season-ending back injury where he only played nine games. I mean, he was good. I think he what, five goals, seven points through those nine games. So, got off to a hot start. But I'm curious, like, was he held out because it was it was a waste season for Detroit, so they said, okay, we'll just give you your time to recover. Don't need to rush you back. Or was he? Is he actually that injury? Where it's like a nine month recovery process, or like a, an eight month recovery process? And the question is, like, can he come back to form and be as productive as he was before the injury? Back injuries are tricky. They can be. They can be finicky. So that's a question mark that I have. He's an RFA. So what type of money is he gonna want? Because I'm assuming if you're using him as a Hyman replacement, he's gotta be willing to take less than Zach Hyman, or else just go sign Hyman. And if Hyman if if you're looking to try and get Hyman at five million, you're trying to get Pertuzzi at what four and a half, maybe? He played for three and a half last year and got hurt. So this season he'll be coming up. He's an RFA. He's got Arbrights. I would assume between three and a half and four million on a one year. Maybe you can stretch that up to to four to five and a half in a multi year deal. Maybe as high as five on a long term deal. I believe he's 26 years old. So you know he still has probably four or five years of like prime hockey left in him. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just wonder what what type of Bertuzzi that we're going to get when he returns from injury. I texted a good buddy of mine who was a diehard Wings fan, and I asked him this question. I said, hey, give me a quick scattering report on Tyler Bertuzzi and what you think his next contract would be. This was his answer to me. I could see something in the midterm range, like four years and an AAV in the mid fours, or something shorter term, probably a one-year deal, to make sure that he can still play after his back injury. So he's thinking like a four times four and a half would be something that Bertuzzi probably would look into taking. So similar to the the Tyler Toffoli deal last season. Or the Alex Iafalo deal that he signed just back in March. I believe that was four times four. So something in that realm, which makes sense. It's a good comp for a guy like Bertuzzi. And then as a scouting report, he says... The word that always comes to mind with me for him is greasy, and not just because of his hair, but doom, and I swear to you, that is what he typed out, Badoom tss, and then put in brackets a drum. So, you know, kind of a corny, corny joke there, but, you know, so he was a greasy, greasy player, which, you know, you could say the same about Hyman. So if we're looking for a replacement, okay, I'm listening. He's got more skill than it looks like at first. His stride is super ugly, and if you only watched a few shifts, you may not notice him. But not as a difference maker. But he can really finish around the net, and he's got pretty good playmaking ability, too. I think he's a really good middle six winger, and has been manning the wings top line for the last two and a half years, and hasn't really looked out of place despite the team sucking. So, that was his scattering report he gave to me, and that's probably what we're looking for as a Zach Hyman replacement. Somebody who's got a little bit of grit to him, right, can bring that edge. Maybe that's the type of killer instinct that we want. You know, he's got some good skill and finish around the net. Something that I think would help on on the power play, maybe even. So Tyler Bertuzzi seems like an a real interesting, interesting trade candidate to come to Toronto. And there's been a lot more discussions around that as of late. But in order to trade for him, unlike Taylor Hall, it's going to cost you assets. Right? Taylor Hall's a UFA. It doesn't cost you anything but money. To trade for Tyler Bertuzzi, a pending RFA, it's going to cost you assets. What are you willing to give up for Tyler Bertuzzi? Because I've read reports suggesting that it may require a guy like William Nylander. And I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> that's crazy. There's no way you're trading for a middle six winger. It, let's even call him a second line winger. um, Coming off a back injury, pretty serious back injury, a season ending back injury. For William Nylander who's coming off the best season of his career. The best postseason of his career. Plus, on top of that, Kyle Dubas has been very adamant about keeping the the core four together. So I don't think Nylander is even going to be brought up in these conversations. I think this is just Red Wings bloggers hoping to bring Nylander back in a deal with Tyler Bertuzzi. That being said, if you do look at the Anthony Mantha deal, they got Varana plus a first and a second uh, for Anthony Mantha. So, you know, Eiserman is a wizard. But I still don't think that Dubis would be dumb enough to make a move like that. Unless there's more pieces involved. Like Nylander is the main piece, but it's like Tyler Bertuzzi plus, And then, you know, it can get creative and interesting from there. But like a one for one, absolutely not. Uh, so if not Nylander, then what? Like, are you willing to give up a Nick Robertson for Tyler Bertuzzi? A Sandine, A Mirov? You know, the, the Leafs still have their first rounder next year. They have their second this year, which uh, actually is going to be the 57th overall pick. Those uh, official numbers came out today. The official order, one through what, like 256 or something like that. Um, The 57th overall pick, that's probably not going to get it done for Bertuzzi. So you're going to have to add on top of that. Would they have interest in into Timothy Lilligren and more assets? Maybe like Lilligren and 57 overall? And are even willing to add in a draft pick because they only have like three the entire draft. You know, so as, as, as good as this kind of sounds, bringing in Bertuzzi, I, I think that he would be a solid addition to this team. The price is going to be a massive factor in whether or not this gets done. If they're looking for Mantha esque value, uh the Leafs won't be able to to do this. They're not going to do this because Neilander is not going out the door for Tyler Bertuzzi. It's just not happening. I don't think it's happening at least. I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> and then Robertson, are you really gonna move on from one of your top guys who you're probably hoping can fit into your your top six this year? Could factor into your 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 lineup? On an ELC contract, a very valuable ELC contract. You know, Amirov was your first, first rounder last year. Sandine, he is starting to factor into uh, what you got going on. Maybe Dermot could potentially be of interest. I, I mean, obviously not a one for one, but he's in that, you know, Dermot, Lilligrid plus assets type range. So it depends what it's going to take to get him. But I think that would be. Uh, the, the, so far, that's kind of my favorite uh, Hyman replacement that has been discussed and talked about. So that's where I stand uh, as of now. I'm sure plenty more news and whatnot will be coming about uh, over the next two weeks as we are two weeks away from free agency, um, just a week away from the expansion draft. So uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And like I said, a week away From the Seattle expansion draft. So the rest of the week, probably going to spend time taking a look at what the Leafs should and will do in uh, the expansion list. The protection list is due on Friday. So I'm going to go ahead and say tomorrow, we're probably going to go over the Toronto expansion list. And I'm going to play the role of Kyle Dubas and Brandon Pridham and Brendan Shanahan. And whoever's going to be in charge of putting that expansion list together the protection list and i'm going to play that role and we're going to see what exactly we will leave exposed what we will protect for the expansion next week in seattle Uh, but that's gonna do it for me here today check back tomorrow for that expansion episode but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs